Hello, this is Sean Leary, and thank you for listening to QC Uncuts, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities. This is your place for unedited, uncut, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers and people of interest in and around the Quad Cities. Um, today, I have a couple of very special guests with me, and this is going to be kind of a little bit of a departure for the usual show. Now, the usual time, I would um, have someone like you know Mike Tomes, Mayor of Rock Island, or you know David Casas, or Tristan. Scott, somebody in the local arts scene, um, I would just sit down and talk to them about something that they've got going on, whether it's you know political or artistic or something of that nature. And today's podcast is a little bit different. Um, I am going to be talking to uh, Liz Mayer and um, Maddox Whitmarsh. Um, Liz is uh, Maddox's mother, and I discovered her story on Facebook. And Liz was talking about how Maddox, Maddox is 12 years old, and um, she is a student at Glenview in Davenport. East Moline, East Moline, sorry. And um, she was talking about how Maddox had been bullied for being creative and being unorthodox and just a different kind of person and it's a story that really struck a very deep chord with me and i know it struck a very deep chord with a lot of other people because a lot of people have shared the same experience um i was bullied relentlessly in junior high i seventh and eighth grade years were just horrible for me and a lot of it was because i was different i was kind of the oddball kid who didn't think about life in the world in a lot of the same ways that my more conservative contemporaries did um i was the artistic kid who had you know weird hair and thought of things differently and would draw on my hands and would spend most of his days drawing comic books and things like that and watch doctor who before it was cool and read fantasy novels and things like that and um so and i got you know relentlessly bullied for it and so it always you know touches uh, my heart when i hear um a story of someone else going through this and um i always feel like the need to kind of reach out and talk to them and to tell them you know it does get better and you know hang in there and the reason why people are doing this is deep down they're jealous of the spark that you have and the fire that you have and the creativity that you have and it's a lot easier in this world for people to tear something down than it is for them to build themselves up and unfortunately a lot of people are lazy and instead of working on themselves and working on their own lives and making themselves better people they find it a lot simpler to pick on other people and tear other people down to try to make themselves feel good and that's an unfortunate circumstance in this world and it's one that i think the optimist in me thinks that this is changing that we're going through an evolution and i think a lot of people are changing and realizing that this isn't the way to live their life and we shouldn't pick on people because they're different we should respect the fact that everybody's got their own differences that everyone is unique everyone has a right to live the life that they want to live and as long as they're not hurting anyone else or bringing anything negative into the world then people should be left alone to kind of pursue their own happiness so we're going to talk about this today these topics and um 
once again, thank you very much for you guys coming forward and agreeing to be guests on the show because I understand that this it's difficult to talk about and it's a difficult difficult subject. So once again, uh, Liz Mayer, Maddox Whitmarsh, thank you so much for appearing on the show. Thank you for having us. Of course. I mean, I'm honored, honestly. <laughs> so if you'd like, um, why don't you tell me, um, whichever one of you wants to, to tell me, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, you know, how this first started happening, um, you know, how this came about, what exactly occurs, or um, and, and why, you think? Um, it has been ever since kindergarten and it was always the stupid things like pulling on my pigtails or just calling me a fat face or blah 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 and i feel like it escalated slowly as they well learned more insults and got into the world more and it would get more closer to home to me like they would say that no one likes me and they would like seclude me and never let me do play with them because I, I didn't ever want to play what they wanted to. I wanted to, like, join the boys in soccer because I didn't want to play princess with the girls and pretend that I was the evil witch because I don't feel like I was. And after it was relentless, my grades did drop. I had such a hard time focusing in class. And eventually, I changed schools. And it was good for a while. But... I, it always got worse, worse and worse. There was rumors spread about me, and people would call me a demon because of my, because of the way I think about religion. And it got worse in middle school too, because it was back to the same kids from the school I went to, and from Wells as well. And it would, it was new, brand new kids. I would get bullied on the bus and bullied in class. And lunch is still a huge problem, and it. It's just getting worse and I don't see a lot of end in sight and that's kind of a problem with me it's a huge problem she um like she touched on this has been going on since kindergarten this is and the administration is failing my child and it's not just my child because the more I talk to other parents the administration is failing our students um the solution has always been, well, let's change her schedule. So she's out of the classroom with these students who are day in, day out harassing her, um, you know, calling her, pardon the language, calling her a faggot, calling her dyke, um, saying that she's retarded, like pretty much every just vulgar, nasty, disgusting word. Um, she's had, you know, food thrown at her. They throw applesauce at her. She's had barbecues and she's like, I don't even like applesauce. I don't like it. I don't. I'd be fine with popcorn. Just throw it near my mouth. That's all I care. I will move. Just please. That's all I want. But there's what, what were the schools that have, you know, that she's gone to where you've had difficulties? Um, she's, she went to Hillcrest. I pulled her out two weeks before the end of the school year, her third grade year, when I saw a kid physical, physically assault her and nothing, they made him sit in timeout. Um, so we went to Wells and the administration, I'd like to say they try, but the consequences are never severe enough. The, the consequences for hate speech should be severe. If the same student is making the same behaviors day in and day out. Why would you move my child's class, who is a straight-A student, 
who is an honor student. She's in the gifted class. This kid, she's, I call her my, my renaissance girl. She paints and she's a competitive dancer and she sings open mic nights and she just got a solo in her school um, choir. She's, she's a good kid. She's a good kid and she's not the problem. And the administrators will tell this, the secretaries know her by name. Her teachers adore her. I can't tell you how many times teachers have said, if I had a classroom full of Maddoxes, my job would be so easy. Um, so if my child's not the problem, why is my child being isolated? Why is the solution when she's getting food thrown at her, when she's getting slurs thrown at her um, at lunchtime, why is the solution taking my child and making her eat lunch in the office? So she's not being protected. The school is letting her down and it continues to let her and other kids like her down. Um, she's targeted because of her sexuality. She's targeted because of her religious beliefs. These are protected rights mm -hmm. and they're not being protected. And it, I feel it's, it's been more an interest of pr protect the bullies. Well, I can't have a meeting with their parents, even though it's the same child day in, day out. Um, I was going to ask that. Is it, um, at, at full disclosure here, I taught at Hillcrest. Um, I taught kindergarten and I taught third grade back in, I want to say it was 2012, 2013, I think. Um, and then I taught at UTech in the East Moline school system as well, which is the alternate high school. Um, my experience at Hillcrest was that I'd have like 30 kids in class and it, there, there'd be three or four that were really problem kids that I really had difficulties with. Um, the other 25, 26 kids, you might have one or two kids that would kind of like be followers that would go along with the, the bullies or whatever. But the other kids, I mean, they were all good. I mean, they're all normal, typical kids. You know, they just want to learn. They just want to, you know, live their lives and be there and, you know, and some of them were having difficulties learning the things because I was having, I as a teacher was having to take so much time out and expend so much energy dealing with the kids that were problematic. How many kids, I mean, is this, is this the same sort of ratio? Is there a, lo a lot more kids who are picking on you? Is it, you know, just a handful of kids and they just the same kids over and over again? There's so many. There is a handful from Hillcrest, a huge handful from Wells. Kids who are much older than me, who I don't even know the name of, I I don't know half the kids that mess with me. I don't. I only learn their names from the office, which is crazy to me. Like it's yes, there's always you know that that same core, but there are literally kids that she's never met, she's never talked to. Um, this last kid who was screaming in her face, calling her a faggot, she's literally never had an interaction with him in her life. Like you have to make an effort to be cruel. Mm -hmm. You have to go out of your way. It takes zero effort to just leave someone alone. Like you have to try to be a harmful human being. And for some reason, you know, because Maddox doesn't dress like the other kids and she is outspoken and she's quirky and she's talented. Um, it ha she has a target, but the world needs makers. Yeah. We need artistic, creative people. There are enough people that want to be like everyone else. Where do you get your music? Where do you get your art? Where are you, you, your museums? Where are your books? These are not people who fit in cookie cutters. We need makers. We need beautiful, creative spirits like Maddox. And how many of those are crushed out because of bullying? How many? I don't want her to be a statistic. The fact that she's been told to kill herself. 
LGBTQ youth are 75% more likely to attempt suicide. I refuse to let my child be a statistic. But the fact of the matter is we're in therapy. We have, she has PTSD. She has anxiety. She has panic attacks. And it's directly a result of the bullying that she's went through. And she's a great kid and she has a great support system. What happens to the next kid who doesn't have a mom and dad who accept her, who don't have siblings who think she's amazing, who doesn't have a core group of friends? What happens to that kid? There are so many kids that are going to fall through the cracks because the schools are teaching to the lowest common denominator and they're not protecting our children and they deserve better. She deserves better. I agree. I agree. Um, what um, you mentioned this started in kindergarten. It's been going on ever since. What, what grade are you in now, Maddox? I'm in seventh. I'm about to be 13. And I don't find it. I just don't understand how half these kids know those words that they use because we're still kids. Half the people that mess with me and <laughs> I feel so stupid saying it because I feel like I'm pathetic, but like they bully me and do say all these things i don't they aren't even teenagers yet and if they're this cruel at if they're this cruel now are they going to get worse is it are they just going to keep going are they they're going to be terrible adults and that's not what terrible adults make terrible children terrible adults can make terrible children it's going to be a cycle it's going to be a cycle what um action has been taken i mean what did you do once you once you found out about this um what can you explain to me like the process of what what's happened over the years and what you've done to to address this and um you know what the results have been i've lost track of how many administrators i've talked to how many teachers i've talked to how many times i've been up like the secretary's not be my name um we, I pulled her out of school once I saw firsthand how bad it was. And I went to the administrator and I'm like, she's not coming back to the school. Um, I've talked with the principal at length and, but usually their solution is move her schedule. Let's move her schedule, get her out of this class with the bullies. Let's move her lunch. Let's move her gym. But at this point, you know, and people are full of advice. Well, why don't you homeschool? Why don't you try a private school? But we're done running. And we shouldn't have to have run in the first place. Um, I have contacted the ACLU. The problem, nothing might come of it. Um, I've contacted QC Pride just for advice. They've advised me to um, check with the language on the um, school board as far as hate speech, as far as harassment, as far as um, what's on the books that can be done. But... I've, I've gone, I've jumped through every hoop. I've jumped through every hoop there is. I've, you know, we put her in a social skills class. Maybe if she learns, which just kills me, it kills me. They advised us, put her in a social skills class. Maybe if she gets, learns to get along better with kids. Well, my kids, everybody's friend until they're not. Uh So I've jumped through all the hoops, but I'm just done jumping. Protect my child. Do something to these children who are telling my kid to kill herself do something to this why should these children who and and most of the kids that do mess with they're familiar with their names the administrators know oh it's this kid oh it's that kid well if these kids are consistently a problem Mm -hmm. to more than just my child why isn't more being done 
that was that was my next question is um is it just maddox or is it a, a group a lot of kids that is it a, a s- small group of kids that are doing the bullying and a, 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 another group of kids that are being bullied or how is how did what's the dynamic of it just to clarify it i met a lot of my friends my best friends i've known my best friend her name is Allie, and I've known her since fifth grade because we were. I didn't want to play football in gym, and so we chased a butterfly, and we na- <laughs> we named it Jeremy, and we sent him to college. <laughs> and <laughs> and we've. I, she had the same bus as me, and we've been friends literally ever since. We have no arguments. I talk to her constantly. I know I can trust her with anything and i'm so lucky to have her and i have other friends which i've known since hillcrest dax is he's my gbf my gay best friend um but he gets I, on too. he gets picked on too he has been called the same things i have but he tends he's not he's not me and he tends to try and fit in more so he doesn't he doesn't have as big a target and i don't think i could ever try and fit in that it seems so boring um I don't know why they tell me to kill myself because I don't even know if they know what that would mean. I just, how do they know that? And I constantly, I'm thinking about it constantly since it happened. It was like an art class and some boy walked up to me and he said, hey, you know, just, just for your information, suicide is an option. And... Oh my, speaking, speaking of that, okay, so this is how wily these kids are, and this is how much the administration is failing. So I went, obviously, immediately to the administration. Someone told my child to kill herself. This is not acceptable. So they told me they were going to fix it. We're going to fix it. So this kid literally comes up the next day, and... Every time he would stand next to Maddox, he would have it, a, a conversation, air quotes here, <laughs> with his friends. Did you know that you should never try to kill yourself? And he would talk about suicide facetiously no, and no, no, no. to get around. He would talk to his friends and he would be like, did you know? Did you just happen to know that suicide is an option? So like, um, and they, um, his friends were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I think I'll go kill myself right now. Just, it's, and they get it, they to get around the rules well i didn't say that to her it it's it's astounding the amount of effort that kids make to be cruel mm-hmm. like they're going out of their way and literally she's never interacted with them like there's just no reason for it you know it's funny you use the word pathetic because honestly their their behavior is pathetic is. i mean it's pathetic that they're taking that much effort to be cruel to someone who's never done anything to them. The reason, the reason I say that is because at this point, I feel like bullying is such a little word. Like, it's not it's not equivalent to it the amount. It doesn't encompass what it does. And people will joke about, like, oh, I'm bullied. I'm so pathetic. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not bullying anymore. It is verbal abuse. And I don't deserve that. You said I don't deserve it. And I have issues with myself thinking that sometimes I do, and I don't know why. But... How sad is that? 
Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's sad when, you know, you think that you somehow deserve it just by being yourself. I have no other I mean, explanation. I have no other explanation why they would do it besides there is something wrong with me. And there's not. You're beautiful. You're beautiful and you're smart and you're kind and the world needs you. The world needs kindness now more than ever. You know, oh, baby, you don't deserve any of this. But it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. You know, why is my kid in therapy at 12? Why is my why is my happy, beautiful child in therapy at 12? She has two parents who love each other. (laughs) She has siblings who love her. She she has everything going for her. She has a grandma that thinks the sun shines out her butt. You know, (laughs) she's you know, like she has everything going for her. And yet. She's been through so much that she literally has PTSD. It's there's this thing when she's super um, hypersensitive to criticism now, mm-hmm. and that's a direct result. Right. That right. Is that's typical. Don't know. Yeah. It's fight or flight. Right. Is mm-hmm. this person criticizing me, or is this person even being nice to me? Mm-hmm. Because I've had so many instances where people would the new kid at school. I always want to try and make a friend rather than an enemy. So. I would be, I would like, hey, do you want help with your books? Do you need help opening your locker? And I'd be so nice. And l- literally the next day, he would, he, she would, it's happened multiple times. He would hate me for no reason. Because the other kids would get to him. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to that girl. That's the weird girl. That's, and that's so sad. She's a really good friend and she's a really good person. Um, and our school system continues to fail her and kids like her. Um, there's no GSA at, there's no gay straight alliance at at Hillcrest. We, I've brought up that there needs to be one. There needs to be a place a for kids, um, to go to, but B for other kids who want to learn to be good allies. Um, I don't understand, you know, they have anti-bullying rallies and last year, the day of the anti-bullying rally is when she came home with applesauce in her hair. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's, it's just, but they, they say don't bully, but they don't talk about what bullying does. They don't talk about, um, the hours that you spend alone crying. Right. They don't talk about the feelings of self-harm. They don't mm-hmm. talk about the feelings of worthlessness, the feelings of helplessness. They just say, just be nice. And, but they don't talk about real world consequences. They don't talk about the kids who kill themselves. They don't talk about the kids who cut themselves. They don't talk about the kids who, um, get into substance abuse. They don't talk about the very real repercussions of bullying. It's just very vanilla. And in today's day and age, you can't, you have to do more. We have to do better. Or the ways in which people find themselves unhappy or trapped in a cage of compromise, because all too often people compromise themselves and they give up so much of themselves and there's so much of their identity and they compromise their morals and their own path just to fit in and they're trying to fit in with people that aren't even the best people for them and they're not worth it they're not worth it i always tell her to hold her chin up because she is somebody and I tell her the kids that mess with her are probably going to come to her for a job someday. <laughs> and she'll probably hire them if they're qualified because she's a decent human being. 
So there's that. Mate. Just hey, mate. You're a better person than I am, Matt, because I still harbor a grudge against some of the assholes that picked on me when I was a kid. So, um, but yeah, it is. It's, it's extremely, it's extremely difficult. And it, it would seem that you're right. I mean, when I was a kid, when we were kids, you know, it was different, you know, it was, you know, buck up and, you know, just you know, take it, blah, blah, blah. You know, quit being a baby. That was the, that was the thing when you're getting bullied, you know, when we were kids, it was just stop being a baby, you know, just, you know, I had to deal with this when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And nobody ever thought about like, well, yeah, and it was wrong when you were a kid too, and it's wrong now that I'm a kid too. Um, it sucked. And look at what your kids are doing. Right, and now it's the same thing. But now you would think we live in more evolved and enlightened times where people generally, I mean, if you look at, and it's true, if you look at society and you look at polling and you look at people's attitudes in general, people are generally a lot more tolerant now than they were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And so, and schools are far more attuned to this as well. When we were kids, it was much different. The schools weren't anywhere near as sensitive as they are to this issue. Um, and so it is, it's a problem. It's, it's very problematic. Um, and I, as someone who's taught before, I've never been an administrator. I realize how difficult it is as a teacher to deal with that because you're trying to educate a classroom full of kids while still dealing with all the problems. And I imagine for an administrator, it's the same thing. You're dealing with all these different issues on top of all this. Um, what, tell me about some of the conversations that you've had, and I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see both sides of the issues because I don't think the administrators really like are happy that kids are being bullied. But, not, but but what 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 has been the reception and what have been some of the possible solutions? And I understand completely. I and I totally agree with you. I don't think she should be isolated. And as a teacher, I used to say that too. I used to say, "Why are you isolating these kids? Suspend the kids right. that are doing this." And maybe put a little hurt on the parents of these kids because ultimately it's not the teacher's and it's not the administrator's responsibility. It is the parent's responsibility to teach their kids that every human being deserves dignity and deserves to have the respect of being able to live their own life in their own way. And as long as they're not doing anything to you, you should leave them alone to live their life in the way they see fit and to pursue their own happiness. And more parents need to teach their kids that and stop either implicitly or through example showing kids that being cruel to other people is the way to go or it's a much easier route than just lifting yourself up and bettering yourself. You know, Tearing someone down may be the easier route to go, but it doesn't make you any better. It makes you a lot worse. Um, so again, I kind of got off on a tangent, but nevertheless, um, what are some of the things that you've talked about with administrators? Um, and what if, you know, what has the response been in terms of that? So I am absolutely sympathetic to how their hands are to some extent tied. You have to work within the, you have to work within the parameters of what you're allowed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got to be frustrating. Her principal has said to her and to me, um, I hate that moving your schedule is the solution. I hate that moving, you know, you eating lunch in here is a solution. Well, if you hate it, then maybe you could do something about it when it's 
it's supposed to be a zero tolerance school, Mm -hmm. but they're showing a whole lot of tolerance for bullies. And that's the thing is that I'm very tired of, they express sympathy and they express empathy, but in real world actions, nothing's being done. They say the words, they say the words that Maddox is wonderful. They say the words Maddox shouldn't deal with this. They say the words, we're going to try to fix this. But the same kids are back in class. The same kids are saying the same things. The same kids are throwing things at her. The same kids are doing this to not just her, but to other kids. So if you recognize the problem and you're failing to do something, then you are absolutely part of the problem. I'm sympathetic that they have to work within what they can work with, but these kids deserve better. And maybe they should be pushing more for change change in the guidelines, change in what instant, what constitutes hate speech, what consequences are there for using hate speech in a school environment? What are, um, what are the consequences if you are, you know, have done the same thing in school suspension is it, it's nothing. They like it. Oh, I don't have to go to class and I get to sit here and, or even out school, you know, suspended for a day. Okay. They get to stay home and play on their PS4. You know, that Mm. certainly sucks. Um, the administrators say the words and they say the right words, but they have literally done next to nothing to actively fix the problem. Have you looked at the, cause I know the way the hierarchy, hierarchy works is the principals implement what the school board mm-hmm. gives them. Um, have you talked to anyone on the school board? Cause really they're the ones that are going to be the ones making the policy. And then also have you read the specific, cause I know like my son's school has a specific guidebook and within that guidebook, it's, these are the rules that you need to follow. And it's been passed down from the school board to each of the schools. Have you looked through the school and, and is there anything that even mentions hate speech or anything like that? I mean, that's certainly something that should be addressed by the school board, particularly in these, you know, in this day and age. And and the fact that it's, this is going on in a school, that's something that needs to be addressed. Um, I'm super grateful to QC pride because I reached out for them just for guidance, Mm -hmm. you know, please help me. I'm kind of at a loss because I, I, I didn't know where to go from here. You know, I've gone through the channels that I'm supposed to, and they were, they literally just suggested um, this week, what you said, um, and I talked to the superintendent about that. Yeah. What what is the policy? What is the terminology? What and that's that's our next move is going to the school board. I've talked with the superintendent. He's supposed to get back to me. I haven't heard back from him since our last conversation. But in his defense, it's been the weekend. Um, but that is that's our next move is go to the school board, check out the language. Um, we got a lot of really useful information on how to proceed, how to help the next kid because it's not just about Maddox and I tell her I told her that it's not just about her the the, te- the principals and the teachers always say oh you can always come to us you can always tell us about problems and they will fix it but every time you have gone to the office about bullying on the bus how many times I don't keep, at this point I don't keep track but just when I I punched a kid because the boy was screaming that I was a faggot, and I don't necessarily like doing that because I tried to ignore it, and I went, I was just sitting with Axius, and I was just talking to him. But the thing is, he screamed it louder and louder to the point where I, I had to. Right. Everybody has a breaking point. But, sure, understandable. And obviously, I got held after lunch because that's protocol. And the principal asked me, like, what was going on? And I explained, I said it straight up. I punched him. He was calling me a fat kid. 
and I punched him. We're not advocating violence. I'm also not mad. I actually, there was, I, I had, I was in the exact same position as you. Uh, my son was dealing with a kid who was also, there was a kid at his school who was not just giving my son a hard time, but was giving a lot of kids a hard time. And he was getting called down to the office and his parents were getting called down to the office to, de to deal with the stuff that he was doing to these other kids. And um, I contacted his mom first and at first she seemed sympathetic and then I contacted her again and then she seemed to be like, oh, well, he's a target and he's a victim and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? Because it's funny because my kid never gets in trouble and he's, you know, on the honor roll all the time and everything else. And, and there are like eight other kids whose parents have talked to me about this who your kid is also having issues with. So somehow I think that the eight kids are not and their parents are not lying. And maybe it might be you who's a little blind to what's really going on. But um Finally, I, you know, I took martial arts for 12 years, so um, I have a heavy bag in my house and I kickbox. And so I told, told, my, told my son, I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to throw a punch. And I did. And uh, one day I get a call from his principal and he says, um, I, got, I got Jackson down here. And uh, apparently he, he hit this other kid. He punched him. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let me guess. It was this kid. And he goes, yep, yep, it was him. And he's like, you know, basically, it's like, how'd you know? I'm like, cause he's, I've told, I've talked to you. He's been picking on him and really getting under his skin for the last two or three months. And I went to go pick my son up. And he says, well, we're going to have to give him an in-school suspension. I'm like, I don't care. And I, I went into school and I said that to him. I go, listen, um, you know what? He's not going to get punished. And as a matter of fact. I'm going to reward him for this because he stood up for himself and he was he was sticking up for his friend because the kid was picking on one of his friends and my son went up to the bully and said cut it out quit doing that then the bully started picking on him and then my son boom and then hit him in the face and I told the principal you know what? This is what ha he's a, the principal said. I'm really surprised that he did this because he's never in trouble. He's always a good kid. And I go, this is what happens. This is what happens when a good kid gets pushed to the point where they're sick of it. This is what happens when after two or three months of talking to parents and talking to teachers and talking to the principal and everything else and trying to get this resolved and the kid not doing anything and not changing this is what happens as a kid takes it into their own hands and i'm not i'm not doing this to knock i think my my son's school is a great school i think his, his principal is a great principal his teacher is a great teacher and there's but the thing is is that and i'm sympathetic to that being a teacher myself is there's only so much you can do ultimately the responsibility comes down to two people that is one the child who is bullying who has full responsibility for their own actions and the things that they do and two the parent or parents of the child who is bullying the teachers have 30 kids in their class to worry about they can't spend their entire time dealing with one kid who's problematic the principal has a school of hundreds of kids that they have to deal with the principal can't spend their entire time dealing with and they can only do so much and so i'm sympathetic to that it comes down to the parent and the child that they have to change that child's behavior and Otherwise, you do find yourself in a situation where the other parents get fed up. Hey, listen, I pay taxes too. 
my son has every right or my daughter has every right to get a good education and to feel safe in this environment. And if you cannot provide that, then they may have to take this into their own hands in certain matters. Yeah. And that's the sad consequences of this sometimes. That's exactly. I had to. And I wouldn't, I don't like hurting people because I don't, I'm not that person. But when they're, it's a constant thing, I had to. And I told, I told the principal straight up, I do not regret my actions and I am not sorry. I refuse to apologize. Uh, apologize. Apologize. And I, I went, I went to class and I, I just, I, I'm done. I was done. I am done. And I told my students, I want to go home. I want to grab my things. I want to call my mom and I'm going to go home. And that's what I did. I called, I called my mom and she, I'm just done. I'm the fact that when it all went down, the principal said that, why didn't you just go to us? We could have fixed the problem. We could have made them stop. But the thing is, you can't. Thing is, you don't. You can. You could do all of you. You could expel the kid. You could suspend him. You could give him more harsh consequences, but you don't. So how am I supposed to trust that I can go to you and I can, that you're supposed to assure me safety when you don't? That's another thing is um, the principal has always told her, you know, in, in, in the past, I need you to tell me when every incident happens. I need you to tell me every time. But I think a lot of that is, is documentation. Right. It's reason of doc documentation because exactly. if they do have the documentation of it, then they have a paper, then they have a paper trail if they need to expel or, or whatever or take, or take more punitive action. But they're not. She goes to them and then she feels disheartened because she'll go to them and be like, this kid did this or this kid did this. There's cameras in the school. And then the kid's sitting next to her the next day. So it's, it's a catch-22. And it's, you know, do I tell... And then I'm just telling all the time and, and then, it, then, and then nothing's worse. getting done. And it, you touched on, you know, parents. We had an altercation with a parent that I was just, I, this kid flipped me off and it was a kid that messed with her. And so I had words with him and told him, go get your mom. Like, I want to meet your mom. I want to tell your mom what is going And she came down to our house and I they learn it from home. It's all I'm going to say about how that conversation went, but these kids are learning it. They're learning it at home and there's, there's not parental culpability. And, um, but if your child is truant, there are consequences as a parent. If your child is truant, you can, there are legal consequences as a parent. Well, if your child is a serial bully, if your child is harassing my child sexually and otherwise, you know, um, where are the consequences? Where are, what's happening at home? What's being done? Because I can't see any concrete actions. Um, I just feel like legislation needs to change. I feel like our terminology needs to change. And I feel like consequences need to change. Uh, she deserves better. The kids that come after her deserve better. You know, she's strong. They're not all strong. You know, the next kid might not deal with it as well so something's got to give and i just i don't want it to be my kid 
Have you contacted? I think the your representative is Neil Anderson, if I'm not mistaken, your state rep. Um, and I know Neil is uh, he's um, going against Greg Johnson um, in the fall. Have you contacted um, either Neil or Greg um, in regard to um, any legislation or anything of that nature that could help this along? Because you're right. It's, and that's a, that's a good point in terms of the truancy issue is there seems to be much more of a crackdown on truancy now. Well, you know, there are reasons that kids don't show up for school. They're sick. They're, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, there are some extreme cases like, you know, but not every kid is Huckleberry Finn. You know, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, every kid is out like fishing in the Mississippi while, you know, his parents were, are, you know, hitting the jug. Uh, a lot of times, most of the times, the kids who fall under the quote unquote truancy issue, they're just sick. You know, they're, they're sick for more than five days or 10 days or whatever in a, any given given year. But, you know, and th- why should there be any sort of punitive or legal damage in terms of that when you've got things of this magnitude where kids are actually being harmed psychologically and physically by the actions of other children? You would think that there should be much more punitive um, actions taken in terms of that as opposed to the you know, simple, uh, you know, uh, task of a child not being present. Um, I haven't contacted. Thank you. Thank you for that idea. Um, We're, I'm just kind of starting the full frontal assault at this point. I've been trying to jump through the hoops and do everything right and do everything that the administration is asking me to do and trying everything, um, I've been trying to play nice mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. I'm done playing nice, um, and that's a that's valid. I feel like we're just getting started on this journey. I feel like we're just. I feel like they are forcing me into activism. But this is how change occurs. Exactly, and that's what I. That is literally what i told her um the next day when she ate lunch by herself i told her that she is um being a champion and a pioneer for her school because there's going to be the next kid there's going to be the kid after that there's um a little transgender girl that rides the bus with her and um she's going to make the school a better place for her because she won't back down i feel like we're kind of being thrust into activism but it's something we're comfortable with and um, we we don't mind a good challenge, um, and my kid deserves fighting for, and kids like her deserve fighting for. You should be able to be quirky. You should be able to be yourself. Um, you should be able to be who you want to be. I'm not going to judge you for shopping at Abercrombie. You shouldn't, you know, shop my kid for riding a skateboard. So it just it just doesn't make sense. Um, but no, we're just getting started. Um, I'm just getting some good ideas. Um, like I said, QC Prize has been really helpful in ideas on how to proceed because I was feeling kind of lost. I was feeling um, a little disheartened. Like, where do I go from here? I don't know where to go from here. This is This is new. It's new territory. I don't know what to do. So it takes a village. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky that there's some wonderful people in our lives and there's some wonderful communities out there that are willing to help. Um, so the outpouring of love and support from strangers, from Facebook friends, from, you know, community, community activism, um, 
people involved in activism that's kind of helping us figure out where to go from here mm-hmm. because we're we're just getting started and um we're welcoming the challenge well like i was saying i, I the problem is it's all too often the schools don't have as much power as they should and really the school's answers to the school board and so and going to the school board is going to be your best option in terms of that. Because unfortunately, I, I think the, the, from what you've said, it seems as if the principal is sympathetic to the situation and the teachers are sympathetic to the situation. But there is, they've got to follow a certain protocol and that comes down from the school board. Um, I think it would be a good idea as well. As I mentioned, Neil Anderson is your state representative. Um, I know that Neil is coming up for re-election and Greg Johnson is his opponent. I know that it takes a while for legislation to get through the system. So not knowing who's going to win that election, I would recommend contacting both of them because you don't know. I mean, if Neil wins again, then there's a guy who's going to be doing it for you. But if Greg wins, then he's a guy who's going to be trying to help you out, too. So I'd recommend, you know, um, checking in with both of them. And I've met Neil and Greg are both good guys. You know, I like both of them. Um, And I think they'd be, you know, they listen to to what you have to say. Um, So... Where um, do, you, do you see this kind of going from here? And it's just the beginning of the school year. I mean, how are you? How are you? You know, planning on on dealing with this? We've only been in for in session for about a month, month and a half now. We're at midterms, and I've already been up to the school three times because of incidents. So um, I don't know where we're going from here. I know that we're done running. I, I don't have the answers. I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could look at Maddox and tell her she's not going to have any more lonely days. I wish that I could look at her and tell her, you're not going to get picked on. Mommy's going to fix it. Um, but I don't know where we're going from here, and I don't know what it's going to look like. I know that we're not backing down. Um, but I don't have the answers. I wish I did. I wish I had something more hopeful to hand her. Um, other than be strong and you are loved and you are supported. She deserves an answer, but I don't, I don't have one. I know that we're just going to keep trying and I'm going to keep leaving work if I have to and going up to the school and I'm going to keep showing up and showing my face and making the phone calls and sending the emails. Um, I just know that I'm, I'm not backing down. So... I don't know what the future holds. I know that her future is going to be bright no matter what because she's brilliant and she's talented and she's driven. Um, And hopefully through her story and hopefully by not backing down, um, hopefully we can get some change going on in the school. Um, I think getting a GSA is a good start. I think having a place for these kids to go and be around other kids like them and be around other allies. I think um, the high schools have a GSA. Like kids, kids, kids identify early. Like why does the middle school not have, you know, you have a, a Christian club, you have a chess club, you have a Pokemon club, but we don't have a GSA. And to me, that's just not acceptable. Like there are plenty of out kids at school and they, they deserve a home of their own. So um, that's something I brought up to the superintendent. I told him, you know, we have friends in the community who are willing to mentor a GSA. 
Um, Maddox has a teacher that she is planning on Monday going and talking to to ask if um, they need a teacher to kind of sign off and and be a room too. They need a room. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of the concrete, definitive things that we're trying to implement. I think that'd be really cool. That's a really cool idea. And then you mentioned the folks with uh, QC Pride. We were our website was a sponsor of Pride Week, and we're really happy to to be affiliated with them. Um, There are a lot of really good people involved in that association, so I'm sure they would be awesome in you know helping you get that set up. Is that something that have you looked into whether that's um, present at other schools around the country or, or around the area in the state yes, or anything? Um, I have friends who are educators. Some in, in junior highs, at least. So um, I actually spoke with a friend who's an educator this weekend and at her school, and I can't speak for other schools. I can't even speak for the laws. I'm not sure. Like I said, that we're, we're starting our journey. Um, fifth and sixth grade, they're not allowed to bring up curriculum or anything dealing with LGBT, um, which to me is kind of sad. I mean, don't they, I mean, they have sex ed starting fifth grade. Right. So, but they, they don't in her school, they're not allowed to have like a GSA until seventh grade. Um, so that's one school. I don't know what the policy is at Glenview. Like I said, this is something that we're looking into. Um, I think kids are identifying earlier because there's more information out there. There's, um, and I think kids don't have to identify. I, she in third in third grade, someone was like, "Are you gay?" And she was just like, "I'm nine. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna want toast for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> like how? What do you mean? Gosh, I did. <laughs> but so, um. Some kids do and some kids don't. It's like I have a lot of friends and I've talked to about that and I've said like, you know, well, how did you know? And and some of them will say, oh, well, I was a teenager or whatever. And others like, you know, I was kindergarten and I had my first crush on someone who was, you know, of the same, you know, gender sex that I was. Um, Sometimes you do just know. It's the same thing. It's like they'll say, I don't know, why are you attracted to certain women you're attracted to why are you attracted to certain people you're attracted to exactly why do you like that certain color why do you like this i don't know you just do you just have an instinctual attraction to this thing or that thing or this person or that person you don't know why i mean it's and i think i mean that's how i explain things to my son and you know he's 10 and i've already explained things to him in regard to this and i've just said you know some people like these people and some people like these people and i'm like you know isn't it kind of silly to you know judge somebody on that and he's like yeah it is and i'm like you know how you have friends and they're they're all different nationalities and they all have all different skin colors and and i but you just like them because they're your friends and you play soccer with them and you have all these things in common with them and everything else and you're all part of the same team right and i go don't you think it would be silly for somebody to just dislike someone because their skin is a different color than you or because their ancestors came from a different place than you and my son is like yeah that's really stupid he goes you should just like people because they're nice to you or not like them because they're not nice to you and i'm like exactly that's really what it all should come down to is every you know it's funny because there's so many people and we mentioned this before we started recording so many people love to post that martin luther king quote on their page on mlk day in regard to judging i dream of a day when people are judged on the content of their character rather than the color of their skin and i think that needs to be more 
practiced in a practical way on a daily basis by people and judging people by the content of their character and what they do and the action their actions towards you and rather than anything else that's ultimately superficial yeah you you have to try you have to try to be a horrible person that some of that is exactly what happened to me i had a girl and we were friends for a really long time and i don't know i was in fourth grade and i was a fourth grade crush and i didn't know why i liked her i don't i didn't know why i liked lucky charms i just did <laughs> and i didn't i didn't know why i wouldn't tell her because i didn't know that, that was wrong and I told her and she immediately told everyone and that's when people started calling me Satan and a demon and I didn't understand why just because I liked someone and at this point it's still a thing I don't feel safe having a girlfriend at school I don't feel safe holding her hand in fear that someone will see and it will start up again because I eat all of these kids can show affection but the moment it's too two people of the same gender it's they say it's a sin and they say that we're just trying we're attention seekers and all of this, i can't i'm not safe anymore and the, they have christian rap groups come to school and take us out of class but they don't bother to teach us that you should not mess with these people you should because it has consequences on that person and that's not okay I, if they deserve to feel safe, if they feel safe showing affection, then why can't I? Why can't I just because I happen to like girls and I happen to like boys and I happen to like anyone as long as they're not a dick? That's all I care. <laughs> True. Parts, parts is parts. Parts is parts. Uh, yeah, when she came out to us, we were just like, cool, what do you want on your pizza? <laughs> it was just such a it's just such a non-issue in our house that I don't understand why it's such an issue. It just should it shouldn't it be an issue. It, it it I don't care who you love. I care who you are a dick to. Like I don't care who you love. Love well. As long as you love well. Exactly. Like um my friend Dax, he came out to me and I was one of the first person he told and I'm like um I knew I happen to know I could smell it on you. <laughs> and the thing is, I've had all kinds of people come out to me because I've been out since fourth grade unintentionally. Um, and like the thing is, I'm like, cool. You want to go like eat lunch? Do you want to sit with me? And I'm like, it's it's not. It doesn't matter to me. Like you're still. I don't understand. Like I would tell these people, and I they would know me for such a long time and I would tell them and I'd be this different person. I would be this just monster to them and I don't understand why because just because I happen to tell you that I like the color red, it doesn't make me a freaking monster. It doesn't. She's had that experience where she's um, met someone and, and started, you know, this wonderful friendship, um, like one of the places she volunteers and like really thought she was bonding with someone and then um, come to find out they have, you know, Christian values that <laughs> that um, are anti-gay and oh, well, it's super fun to have your kid say, you know, have someone say to your, well, I don't have anything against you, but you're going to hell. 
<laughs> so, you know, nothing against you, but my God tells me that you're going to hell. And so you were my child's friend. And you, you know, you told each other secrets and you texted all night and you Instagrammed and you were great. And then you have this one piece of information, which by the way, she's, that's such a small part of who she is. She is an artist. She is a dancer. She is a singer. She is, she loves puppies. She's, there's so much. This is such a (laughs) minute, right? It's such a minuscule part. Our our sexuality is, it's such, it's such a minuscule part we are so much more. So to have her be rejected, um, based on her religious beliefs or based on her sexuality, I could, you know, if she was this horrible human being, I I could understand it. If she was elbowing kids in the hallway or like screaming terrible things, but literally she just wants to be left alone and to be allowed to exist peacefully and with dignity and as her true self. And that's not too much to ask for. Um, I think that's part of the reason why I'm kind of gravitate towards my friends and they gravitate towards me because I could just randomly say, Hey, I happen to think she's cute. And my friends would say, cool. I don't. And then we would just go back to freaking playing Pokemon and, um, touching on the fact that you, um, you said about the girl at the shelter. I work, I work, I volunteer at a pet, I volunteer at a pet shelter out in Geneseo. And I've worked there for a year or so now, and I this girl had moved moved days because of issues with her schedule, and we became friends, and we were really cool. Like she liked a lot of things I did. She danced too. She liked choir. She did all of these things. I'm like, and I thought she was a really cool person. And I told I had a crush on her, and I told her, and she didn't. I, she didn't have a problem with that, or I didn't think she had a problem with that, because she was really cool about it. She was like, I just don't feel that way. And I just got over it, because I don't... She doesn't have an obligation to love me back. She doesn't have... She, she's not like... There's no rule that says you have to like someone if you if they like you. And that was really cool. And I we were friends for weeks after. Not the fact that we aren't still friends, but I... We, we do the same where we're, we'll I'll catch up on her, because I was gone for a couple weeks, and I was telling her, like, oh, I met this really, really cute and nice trans boy. And I was telling her about how I am best friends with him. And I met him at theater camp. And, like, she was just kind of quiet. And I told her I had a crush on him. And she's like, she was just quiet. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, oh, nothing. And she went on to explain that she has nothing against trans people and nothing against the fact that I like him. But it's just against her religion, and she doesn't think it's right. And I didn't understand. Like, so, do you... I didn't understand. I didn't know, does she like me as a person? Because that is a part of me. It's not a huge part, but I just didn't... Am I not allowed to like someone because it's against her religion? I didn't understand, and I've had problems talking to her since then because I know that she doesn't support me. She says that she supports them. It's just against her religion. She doesn't believe that that's God's will. She's not anything against you. You're just going to hell. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was talking like she's like, I just think God made you this person. That's who you're supposed to be. And I just, I couldn't. I had to walk away. 
I I was either going to blow up at her or walk away, and I chose to walk away. Good choice. But it, one of the things you mentioned before is the fact that so many you've had people come out to you and you've had people you know who felt comfortable with you, and really you should be proud of that. I mean that's really they see a strength in you that perhaps they don't have themselves and they need that. They need to, to have that connection with you and to have that same kind of strength in order to be strong themselves. Because as you well know, I mean, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult, especially when you're coming of age and, and around people that don't understand. It's so important to have that person who does and who will just accept you and who will be strong enough to say, that's okay. I still like you. And it's, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. And, you know, it really, you know, you're a human being to me and your feelings matter. And, and, you know, your happiness matters because I like you as a human being. And I think that that's something you should be really proud of yourself about the fact that people feel that comfortable with you and they know that you're still going to care about them as humans and as people, you know, regardless of anything. Um, I, my best friend, I talked about Allie earlier, um, I had a, I, what, I'm, I'm Pan, I, I care more about people's personality than I care about their, what's in their pants, <laughs> um, and I had a crush on her for years, since fifth grade, and I just, I don't, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And she didn't like me. And that didn't, ma that didn't matter because she's still my friend. And she didn't... She doesn't know. And I don't know. And n so many people don't know. And they come to me for it. And I'm so glad. And I'm glad that people can come to me for that. And I'm... You can, be a no you can be a no judgment zone. No judgment exactly. zone. Because all I care about is that you have decent Pokemon when you battle me. <laughs> um, all my friends, they don't. All my friends, they don't care. No, I told her when it was really bad in middle school, and she didn't have very many friends. I told her she would find her merry band of misfits, mm -hmm. and she did. She's found her merry band of misfits, um, and then kind of she's fortunate that she has a few close friends. Um, so that's important. The misfits kind of, we find each other. Yeah, yeah. You you find your tribe. You really do. And the older you get, the more you find them. And wait till you get to college. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's going to be an entirely different world. <laughs> and the thing is that I, the traits that are getting her picked on now are the traits that are going to propel her uh -huh, later. Exactly. She's ahead of her time. She. She likes the cool things, you know. She's well versed in anime and horror movies, and really good music. And she, you know, plays an instrument. So she's gonna be that cool kid around the campfire, strumming along. That everyone's gonna want to hang out, you know. And she's well versed in politics, and she's well read. She's ahead of her time, and that's going to serve her well now. Not so much when you're in middle school, when right. being different makes you a target. But, um. She's going to be a well-rounded adult, and there's a reason adults love her. Um, However, it's I the same reasons that kids don't. I refuse to be that one person around the campfire that's like, 
I sing about my feelings because I play guitar. I will never be the person. I'm sorry, but I will never be. You're already that person. (laughs) So would you like to sing a song? Would you like to do a song? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about in regard to this subject? Um, Because, you know, like I said, I I don't want you to be defined by this particular thing that's happening to you because you are you're much more than this you're you're much more complex person and it's unfortunate that these circumstances have you know brought you to the fore in this way but i think that as your as you know your mom was saying um you know, this is how change occurs sometimes is it's painful and it's difficult but it takes people standing up against the way things are to change them into the way they should be it is and all i it has to start at home it really does um and you touched on that as much as i want the administration to change as much as i want i want children to not grow up thinking that calling someone these names is okay i i it's not hard to be tolerant like we should be tolerant of each other's differences, and I just, I don't think people are um, as aware of the consequences of bullying. I don't think they quite understand, because if you talk to most adults, you remember your bullies. Mm-hmm. I remember the people oh, that yeah. picked on me. These are these are traumatic memories. Um, everybody remembers those instances. So why aren't we taking them seriously? If every adult you know can tell you a horror story. Why aren't we taking it seriously when our kids are telling him? Because I don't want, I want better for her. I want better for her than I had. I want better her for her than what you had. I want better for her than what she has right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we owe it to our kids to just try harder and sing a song. Sing a song. <laughs> Would you like to tell us a little bit about the song you're going to sing? I really like this. I like my couple romance. Um, and it's I'm not okay. I promise by Michael Romans, and I feel like it kind of goes along with what I feel sometimes. But it's always been one of my favorites, and I like it a lot. <laughs> okay. um, What's the name of this song? It's I'm not okay. I promise. Oh, okay. I know this song very well. <laughs> um, well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. I never want to let you down or have you go It's better off this way than all the dirty locks The photographs your boyfriend took Remember when you broke your foot From jumping out the second floor I'm not okay I'm not okay 
okay, I'm okay, I'm okay now, but I really need you to listen to me, because I'm really telling you the truth, I mean it, I'm okay, trust me, I'm not okay, I'm not I love that song. It's actually it's on my iPad over there. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for having us. Yeah, take a look at that David Bowie. If you have not oh become yes. familiar with David Bowie, you really need to. She is a huge fan of David Bowie. She is right. We raised her right. She knows the good music. She knows the good art. I know he's so pretty. We miss him, we miss him hard. You know, that that was someone who helped me get through my difficult times in junior high. Someone who is so distinct and unique and unusual. That kind of was maker. Yeah, exactly. Makers. The world needs creativity, and we're not going to let anything stifle hers. Thank you so much for being guests on my show. I've really, really enjoyed having you on, and I hope that you know you have enjoyed the experience as well in talking about it. I'm, you know. Just grateful that you feel comfortable in talking about it, and I wish you guys the best. I hope everything works out well with with everything. And you know, if you need to contact me in regard to any of the stuff we talked about, um, or helping getting you in touch with Neil or Greg or anybody like that, then I'm more than happy to help. Okay, thank you so, so much, um, Liz Mayer and Maddox Whitmarsh. Thank you so much for being my guest on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm glad I could be here. And thank you for listening to this uh, very special edition of QC Uncut, your show for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers and people of interest and creative forces such as the folks I've been talking to today. Um, Thank you once more for listening. My name is Sean Leary. I hope you have a great day.